everybody, it's Luke McElroy back with another Physiology Secrets. I'm a little bit disappointed. This is officially the first podcast that I've had to redo due to um, sound and audio quality issues. So I'm actually working from home today. I just went down to the coffee shop for a quick break and I thought, oh, you know, I'll just record it on the way down and I went through... One major highway, there was a swimming carnival on and somebody doing concrete work throughout the, throughout the walk. So, unfortunately, I've had to redo it. So, oh well, had a good run while it lasted. Uh, but I wanted to jump on quickly today and just have a chat about my vision for, for METS and what I think is the perfect service um, that endurance athletes need to truly hit their physiological peak and, and have a what we would call a perfect race. So I'm not going to I'm not talking about uh, incremental gains and, and, and beating PBs. I'm I'm thinking about I'm going to brainstorm today. What are the necessary services which I think an endurance athlete needs to to truly have the perfect race? So they have to be peaked physiologically. They have to get their race uh, nutrition plan executed perfectly they need to acclimatize to the conditions perfectly all the factors that make up a performance um, how we can actually get an athlete to to have the perfect race so before i go into the services i think which would be beneficial i mean the reason i'm I'm recording this podcast is because i I have i have ideas in my head what i think is perfect but at the the end of the day uh, you guys and girls are the ones who determine where this business goes. It's not my business, it's your business. I don't have a business unless we have services and products which athletes want, okay? So I'm gonna brainstorm today what I think is is the, the best possible service and then I'm gonna ask for some feedback from you guys. So let's cover off briefly the, the seven aspects that I have of endurance performance. Um, I've covered these in the past, check out the blog post. I think the first blog I ever wrote about two years ago um, covers off these these topics, but there's a few things that determine who wins and who loses on race day for endurance athletes. So number one is VO2 max. We need to have an aerobic engine um, which is capable of turning oxygen into usable energy. If we don't have a good aerobic engine, then we're not going to do very well at any event lasting more than about two minutes in duration. Further than that, we also need to have a very good lactate threshold. So there's no point having a V8 engine if we can't utilize it all in race day. So we need to be able to tolerate and clear lactic acid efficiently so that we can actually withstand um, that burn, that fatigue for a long long duration of time. We cover that already. We we know that METS, you know, we can do VO2max, we can do lactate threshold. So that's physiologically, that's how you get fitter and peaked, but there's more pieces of the puzzle, as I said. So the next one I want to talk about is biomechanics. So obviously, as Nick mentioned in a recent podcast, he talked about putting a V8 engine in like a, a rundown four-wheel drive compared to putting that V8 engine into, say, a Lamborghini. All right? We want people to move as economically as they can. We want to run further and faster using less oxygen and less energy, okay? So there's no point having a massive engine if we're not swimming well, we're not running well, we're not cycling economically. So biomechanics is a big one. Genetics is is also another one, um, fast, particularly fast twitch to slow twitch fiber ratio. So in, people who are generally good at endurance sport have a high proportion of slow twitch fibers. So slow twitch fibers 
are non-fatiguing. They, they, they resist fatigue. They can contract for a long time. They have a high amount of mitochondria, uh, a lot of capillaries around them to supply oxygen. They're very, very good at completing endurance work. Okay? Marathon runners are a good example. Slow twitch fibers, they don't, they don't really, um, they don't grow too much. They're not as prone to hypertrophy as, as fast twitch fibers are. So you look at a marathon runner, although they do a lot of work, and they're, they're stressing the muscles out, that they're, they're still very lean and very, very thin. They don't have big leg muscles, right? Um, because they have a, a high proportion of slow twitch fibers. If you flip over to sprinters, there was a report of, of elite male 100 meter sprinters having about 80% fast twitch fibers in their quadriceps muscles. So obviously quads are a, are a very important muscle group for, for 100 meter tra- track sprinting and they want to have fast switch fibers because they create explosive power. Um, they, they fatigue quite quickly, but they produce the power, which is obviously going to be beneficial for a sprinter. So there's about a 50-50 split between what you can train and what is genetically predetermined. So we can change some of these fibers to be more like fast switch or more like slow twitch. Same with VO2 max. We can change it to an extent, but there is also a genetic limit. So genetics plays a big part on, on uh, who wins and who, who loses as well. Heat load, stress, and dehydration is another big one. So dehydration, if you, have, if you are 2% dehydrated, so if you lose 2% of your body weight through dehydration, you have about a 10% decrement in performance. I'd say at least a 10% decrement in performance, okay? So, so what that means is we need to figure out, all right, well, how much sweat are you losing per hour? How much sodium and electrolytes are in that sweat? And how can we do a hydration plan to get you um, back to hydration or, or avoiding dehydration altogether throughout the event? Heat load's another one. How often do people go over to an event like Kona where it's hot and humid compared to where they train in normally and they struggle at the event and they become dehydrated because they can't control the heat load and then their performance is, is well and truly under what their physiology says that they can do because they, they can't control the heat. Nutrition's a massive one. It's definitely probably the, the biggest focus area for myself personally in terms of, 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 a, of the, next, the next thing that we can offer is nutrition. So... When I talk about nutrition, I mean, day-to-day nutrition obviously is important in terms of getting your, you know, the, the, the food pyramid um, down pat, but particularly race day nutrition is a big one. So, so many people have gut health problems. They have diarrhea, vomiting during the event. They can't, a lot of people can't consume gels or self-reported they can't consume gels. Um, there's a lot of factors which play a part in with nutrition. Like, it's not just the, the source of carbohydrates, so a gel or a sports drink or a bar, but it's also how much fluid you have with that. Um, it's the, the, whether it's glucose or fructose and the ratio of that, um, even the electrolytes play a part in this. So there's lots to do with nutrition. So um, particularly when we go two hours and beyond, nutrition becomes super, super important because we need a balanced nutrition and intensity. We can't just go out and hold threshold for an Ironman because we're not going to have the nutrition to do that. We're not going to have enough carbohydrates. We, our gut's going to shut off and not reabsorb the carbohydrates that we're consuming, and then we're going to have gastric upset um, and have to go to the toilet. So it's not about getting one of these areas right. It's about getting as many pieces of the puzzle right on the day, and that's going to determine who, who's successful and who's not. So the last one I've got is recovery and programming. So how often do you get to an event and you feel fatigued, you don't feel like you've peaked, maybe you've, your taper's been too long, maybe it's been too short, maybe you haven't maintained intensity during that taper, and 
um, you've actually lost fitness coming into the race. So that's a very individual thing, but recovery is really, really important, particularly coming into a race, which comes down to programming as well. So obviously all these are great, but you need, you need somebody who has the knowledge and experience to be able to put all these pieces of the puzzle together for you and put that into a training program. So they're sort of the, the aspects of, of endurance performance that I think determine who wins and who loses. Now, I think you can probably guess where I'm going with this. So in my mind, the perfect service is that if we can get something which encompasses all of these things in the one location. So the vision I have, I have for METS and have had for METS since I started was that I want METS to be the, the one-stop shop for endurance athletes. So whether you need advice and testing on physiology, whether it's on nutrition, whether it's genetic testing, maybe you need to acclimatize to the heat or altitude, maybe you need coaching or a training program, METS is the one-stop shop and, and everybody comes to us. So let's break this down and, and I'll, I'll, let you, I'll sort of give you an insight into where we're at at the moment. Um, and where we might be moving forward. So as I said, we've already covered VO2max lactate threshold and we do touch on biomechanics a little bit as well. Um, I'm very stubborn in that I will not offer a service unless it is at least 99% perfect, okay? So um, there's a lot of rubbish in the industry and, and I want us to be a quality brand and I won't offer something until it's down pat and perfect. So we, we refer a lot of people on to Paul McKinnon, the balanced runner. He's an absolute machine when it comes to running technique analysis. Um, if you haven't seen him, then get around to him, you will not regret it. Um, and I'm also talking with Brenton Ford from Effortless Swimming. I've had a few athletes go to his swimming clinics, they've had good feedback, and then we're gonna do some collaborative work as well. So we wanna get VO2max and Threshold done, yep, now we'll, then we'll have biomechanics covered as well. Genetics is a tough one, it's probably low priority, but you know, we, it's probably not a lot we'll do with genetics. Fast twitch, slow twitch fibers, I don't really care. I'm not going to take muscle biopsies. It's, it's probably on the lower priority of the list. But definitely heat load and dehydration. You know, if we can have some heat chambers or, or refer people on to heat chambers and altitude chambers and just give correct protocols. Like, um, as we know, altitude training masks are, are rubbish because they don't actually simulate altitude. So we want to be able to educate athletes on and give advice on, on the correct protocols and exactly what to do and, and how long you should be at altitude. You know, did you, you know that you had to sleep in altitude for 12 hours to have proper benefit? Like if you're gonna go get an altitude tent, there's no point just sleeping your eight hours in the night. You wanna get 12 hours to get proper benefit. So it's just little things like that. Um, and nutrition's a big one. So I got off the phone, yeah, yesterday to, to a guy from Monash University and he claims to have developed a protocol in which they can determine exactly at what intensity your gut starts to shut off and not reabsorb carbohydrates. So it's basically a three hour test, oh, two, two or three hour test on a treadmill and they'll feed you carbohydrates and you'll run at different intensities. And what that's gonna determine is uh, they're measuring gas exchange. So your CO2, your oxygen consumption, similar to what you do in a VO2 max test and some other stuff as well. Um, they've got a pretty sophisticated lab down at Monash University as you can imagine. But they, can, they claim that they've developed a technique where they can yeah, find out that exact heart rate, intensity, power output, whatever it is, that your gut starts to shut off and not work properly. So that comes back to you know, your two hours and beyond events. We, can't, we need to balance intensity and nutrition and hydration. So this is where I'm really looking to focus on. I'm going to go, do, go down to a trial run in the next couple of weeks. Um, but if we can get that down pat, then you're going to get Firstly, you're going to get a, a carbohydrate plan, race day plan, so you'll know exactly how many carbohydrates you need to consume. 
you'll find out exactly how much fluid you need to consume with that carbohydrate so that your gut is happy and healthy. And you're going to find out, um, well, you're basically just going to get a whole, a whole race day nutrition plan all right? and find out exactly what, what sort of carbohydrate that you can consume. So maybe it's a specific sort of gel or a specific sports drink or a specific fructose to glucose ratio. That's what I understand is what we get from this. So it's actually quite an expensive test, um, but we're going to trial it and see if we can do some collaborative work with them as well because personally I think that's, that's the next step for METS before we then go and do other stuff as well. Um, so as I said before, it, it doesn't, it's a, my, my opinion is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what I think um, because the market, so you guys are going to determine which way uh, the business goes. So from my perspective and my, my original vision is that we want to get the physiology side of things down pat, which we already have done. We want to get the biomechanic stuff, which we, we, we're getting towards and we've got that referral network. Um, we have heat chambers, we have altitude chambers, we have dietitians who can prescribe really, really highly tailored and specific advice on nutrition and, and amount of carbohydrates, amount of fluid. And we also have expert coaching and training programs as well. So question for you today, what is your perfect service? And when you answer this question, I can't give you details on cost, but you can imagine that doing these metabolism tests at Monash University, they're not going to be cheap. Um, so weigh up in your mind, what, what is your perfect service and even what, what investment would you be prepared to pay to do that service? So if you could leave, leave a comment below brainstorming some of these questions or email me luke at metsperformance.com, really interested to hear what you think because to me that sounds like the perfect service but it's also very expensive too and you've got to weigh up um, you know, how, how serious are athletes about getting the absolute best 1% of gains that they can get or are most people happy just breaking PBs and, and getting close enough to peak fitness. So yeah, just some, just some brainstorming ideas for your Wednesday afternoon. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where my head's at and what I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. So any advice or feedback is appreciated and I'll speak to you again soon.